All right, so originally I was thinking we'd call this Broker Brett TV, but there's been my name involved in too many things, Anthony. I apologize. <laughs> Maybe Broker Brews Radio. This is my good friend Anthony Despoto on the line, local attorney, you know, known to help me out with a few startup conversations as well. How are you doing, Anthony? Doing well. It's on my way home now. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing good. It's a nice little busy startup day. Handled a couple of insurance policies too. But uh, yeah, so the premise for this experimental episode that may never reach the air is driving with Anthony. <laughs> He's on his commute, standing in the kitchen like most of us now, you know, working from home, trying to figure out how to help some startups progress their career and, you know, try to have a good time doing it. But uh, yeah, what are you seeing lately, Anthony? How are your real estate clients doing? Uh, real estate's pretty busy. People are still buying. I think, you know, it's a very interesting dynamic right now because uh, of the fear of COVID and the ability to not eject clients or uh, tenants from their properties, rather. It, it seems like a buying opportunity if the prices start to slip because there's going to be a lot of tenants that haven't paid their rent for one to four months and that's going to put a lot of financial stress on the cash flow of a lot of these landlords so it could be a good buying opportunity but it's just a very interesting time with how COVID is progressing yeah i see a lot of people being eager i have a good friend who put in a 11 million dollar offer on a commercial property they had three other offers um you know out in riverside county today is the what is today the first of july um just for reference in case we take a day or two yeah. to get this up but but yeah I'm, I'm kind of amazed to you never think about leverage until something like this when the tide goes out you know like warren buffett would say you see who's swimming naked how people make money off one property to get into another property to get into another property and then when you know the black swan comes you know nobody's ready for it um, so yeah it's very super true yeah yeah and it's it's you know i i don't think that the market has quite shifted as dynamically as people thought because everything seems to be priced in the recovery seems to be priced in everybody's not ex necessarily expecting a virus or a disease like this for probably quite some time it seems to be like the hundred year virus or disease uh, like the night, what was the 1928 Spanish flu? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the thing that I think is kind of interesting, and you know, you go in ups and downs every week or two, you know, I feel more positive, you feel a little more beat up. Um, but we're not losing infrastructure, you know, we're not losing railroads, you know, buildings aren't getting bombed. So when we can turn the switch back on, I think we're going to do pretty well. Um, you know, but those closely packed places are hurting right now. You know, we kind of got to figure out how to push through it um have you noticed anything around the startups anything kind of high low you've been in any of those kind of fun extra curricular conversations lately let's see not not too many lately you know there are still a lot of startups that are working in this time i would imagine that funding could be a little bit more difficult than normal just for the next couple of months but it's not quite there's not quite the financial fear of the unknown that COVID originally brought, which was 
markets tanking, everybody holding as much cash as they possibly could uh, to ride out the storm. I think that there's somewhat of an experience normal at this point. Um, so I, the financing could probably come back sooner rather than later, but there hasn't been great deal of startups that I've been working with as a very recently, um, except for a shout out to the epilogue wills that you introduced me to today. Um, see if there's something I could do to help him. Yeah, no, it's always fun connecting good people. Uh, Anthony's referencing a really cool startup out of Toronto called Epilogue. That's friends with a startup called Fineo that I help out with. And um, yeah, their attorneys introduced them to my California buddy, Anthony. Um, so we have Broker Bruce for background, which is a monthly hang, you know, with our sales buddies in Orange County. And then, you know, I tend to get mischievous and have these ideas. I started something called OC Startup Hub you know, with the idea of helping startups from other countries come to the US, you know, maybe helping some insure techs as well. A little bit of a back burner project, kind of waiting for the right time, but you know, some fun stuff sparked up. Yeah, Anthony, thank you for always, you know, encouraging me to get into these conversations and, uh, you know, having my back like a good consigliere. Appreciate having the Italian attorney, you know, partner in crime. Of course. Yeah. You looking at any uh, real estate investment opportunities? I know you're always hunting in like North Carolina, a few other places. Yeah, I think I think North Carolina is going to be a good spot. Uh, some single-family residences, like you said, you know, start with one, flip it to, to a bigger one, flip it to a bigger one. Uh, I think that's the plan for now. Just kind of saving up a little bit of cash to put towards it. And my uncle's actually a property manager out there, so I get to keep some of the business in the family. Um, hoping to launch into that first project uh before the end of the year so that'll be fun that'll be interesting yeah that's awesome man i've always appreciated the way you've kind of been conservative and you know attacked those law school bills first and now getting after the real estate opportunities it's really cool and then i actually think all this COVID stuff i don't want to say help startups but we're so designed to work from home, work from anywhere to lean on technology. If anything, it might've just slowed down incumbents who took a beat to figure out how to operate in this new paradigm. And then the other thing is just, it pushed such an incredible amount of change, you know, and so many technological solutions that people just were waiting on or kind of guarding, you know, legacy systems. I mean, I think this created more change in three months than I've seen in the past 10 years. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I think it it has a good opportunity uh, for, you know, conservative businesses such as myself working in a law firm. It provides the opportunity to decrease the amount of expenditures on infrastructure um, because a lot of our jobs can be done entirely remotely with perhaps the need to come into the office on some occasions. And that could you know, I think there's two different aspects to that, to differentiate need and want, because I can say for certain that after being cooped up in the house for three to four, three to four months, I probably can't be full-time remote. I need some sort of social interaction, whether it helps to motivate you through the day or, you know, whether it helps you to actually have some teamwork on different projects that you're working on. So I could see a remote system being built out 
in decreasing some infrastructure, but I cannot see offices going entirely remotely altogether. Yeah, I think two to three days in office, two to three days out of office sounds ideal. Um, there's still something to that in person, especially when like it's not just execution, you know, when you're trying to sort out an idea or process through something. I think there's an intangible to, you know, being in the same room that I don't think is going anywhere. Yeah. But I, I've enjoyed it. I mean, I've been running every day. Uh, my wife's been doing PT school from home. So I've been her guinea pig or, you know, her person for, you know, tests and everything else. So it's been really interesting, you know, seeing her stuff a little closer, you know, seeing my friend's kids, you know, coworkers' kids, seeing everybody's dogs, you know, kind of enjoying all that chaos. Yeah. Which also prompts the question, you know, with the remote work capabilities, you could work just as hard, if not harder, and feel like you're getting more of a work-life balance. Yeah, 100%, kind of sneak a run in, go to the grocery store, just kind of like be productive, you hit a wall, knock out something else, come back. Um, yeah, I mean, candidly, probably working like seven to six, but that first hour or two, you clear up some stuff, then you go for a run, jam through, eat a quick lunch, go pick up some groceries possibly. It's I don't know. I, I like the two kind of becoming one, but I'm a chaotic entrepreneur who doesn't really have a sense of balance anyways, you know, um, Very so I don't know. kind of fits. Yeah. Always working, yeah. never working passion projects, you know, it was funny when we went through like my criteria for helping a startup and I was like, um, you know, trust and like the people see the tech working somewhere else, but not an insurance yet. And then, you know, see a team that I think has a chance to succeed. And then when you came back with your points about balance and commitment, I was like, oh shoot, yeah, I forgot. You're supposed to consider what it's gonna take to get a job done before you do it, you know? Yeah, just get a full head yeah, of steam. I think, I think we just have different ends of the spectrum when it, well, not necessarily true, because I know that you've had jobs where it's a grind and you don't get that out of office experience every once in a while and in my current role as an attorney we're meant to be behind a desk from nine to five or even longer so that's something that you start longing after a while is more of a work-life balance because it just takes you know it takes a toll on you and so that's that's something to look for when you are going through those startups along and it helps drive that motivation as well um when you don't feel like you're always working yeah no you're right and we've talked about it so i i help with the pnc to benefits brokerage i'm helping a startup kind of retooling some stuff on my own little brokerage and i help a couple other startups i would say the good and the bad thing is there's no tps reports like none of my day feels yeah. like <laughs> politics you know but it's all mentally kind of heavy lifting it can hit you um but yeah your project too as an attorney you don't really get to like lay up you know you don't get to like leisurely go through documents like you have to make sure everything is right you know and i know that's some pressure for sure maybe uh you can kind of like touch on your experience when you were building your own practice a little bit before you kind of got the the law firm job kind of the idea of when you were out there hunting you know looking for your own business and kind of what that taught you oh yeah i mean when you're out there hunting that's that's kind of one of the most interesting times to be an attorney because you're out there demonstrating your knowledge you're out there hungry 
I've heard it called before is toaster law. You'll take anything that pops up and you're just looking to, you know, make a difference. And it's not about the money. It's about being able to um, just try to educate a broad spectrum of people. And over time, you're hoping that that accumulates and people refer you kind of regularly. And that's kind of why I was interested in that new project that I was talking to you about earlier, uh, Learn Law, and maybe do some sort of YouTube series to try to help individuals break down the construct of law into simpler pieces. And I've always had a difficult time in trying to identify what would make it entertaining for the viewer. And I think it, it struck me very recently that it doesn't need to, ne to be fully entertaining, but it needs to be educational, and that's the important aspect of it. And so I think that's, that's my new project moving forward is trying to develop that sort of YouTube series that can provide even the most minute details and education about subjects that an ordinary person wouldn't understand in law. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is like, you know, storytelling. Storytelling has been around for 5,000 years. So if you can somehow like, you know, break down the law principles into case examples for, you know, the everyday person, you know, I can't help but think that'll sharpen your own sword as well. And, you know, considering these different things, that's cool, man. No, I think, I think teaching is huge. And I think, like you said, that business development, you know, going out in the wild and having to connect the dots, that's another just phenomenal skill set. you know, and none of it's solved overnight. You know, my background has been business development and, you know, I think the same rule of thumb applies for startups, you know, you just got to survive a year, you become known after two or three years, and then you're the man or woman or person, you know, after five years, you know, you're the go-to in that community. So a lot of it's just survival and consistency and, you know, putting in the work, you know. So says a 35-year-old old man who had to shave off his white beard is left with a goofy mustache right now. <laughs> well, I, I think you're also leaving out the importance of building relationships, which mm -hmm. I, I think you have improved significantly as a skill just within the last two years you know you're building your own voice in the startup scene whether it's in orange county or outside and you've marketed yourself very well to help individuals understand that oc is a hub spot for startups and it's a great scene and you know some of the top businesses in the entire world have some sort of place or uh, address in Orange County. So it's really important to understand that this is, there's plenty of growing potential and opportunities here as well. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. And I got to turn the props around back to you. I mean, you've helped me out with different startup considerations. I've wanted to kill broker brews before, but you wouldn't let me. So I think a lot of Never. the upside of what we're creating, <laughs> you know, you and Ryan and Chris get the blame. You know, it's fun. Um, yeah, I'm in a soapbox for Orange County. You're an hour from LA, an hour from San Diego, four hours from Vegas. You get anywhere from LAX. John Wayne's super easy for regional, plenty of money. Um, 
and kind of mature talent too. I don't know if you get attract the youngsters to the party life, but I think people who know what they're doing or a season, you know, it's a, a really cool place for them to set up shop. But I mean, that's all location based and who knows after all this, you know, how much that's going to matter, you know, but I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, you know, being along for the journey and pushing us forward too. It's cool. Fun. We but, still have plenty of time left. Yeah, right? Yeah, this is early. This is chapter one, you know, two years in and, you know, 30 years of professionalism to go, but I kind of feel like we both have that itch to create and to build. So I look forward to keeping that going with you, brother. Yeah, I All agree. Right. I think we're just writing the book right now. There's still plenty to learn, mm -hmm. plenty of opportunities, plenty of ventures together. Oh yeah, 100%. Good excuse to hang out, you know. So uh, well, I don't know how close you are at home, but I'll let you go before too long, and we'll uh, we'll try to get this posted, and we'll try to keep the commentary up. But thanks for hopping on for the first inaugural Broker Brews OC Startup Hub powered Broker Radio. Who what you know, whatever this becomes. I don't know. My wife is looking at me like that was a ramble. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. All right, brother. Man, we'll catch you soon. Thanks. Okay, sounds good.